1: Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin and I'm BJ and this week is actually Final Fantasy FM is what we're calling it Um, because we're gonna mostly be talking about Final Fantasy 16 which we've both been playing and very much enjoying
0: and I think between the two of us we have a plethora of uh, ideas to talk about with it. Yes. (laughs) we were just talking about how austin doesn't like that word uh before we started recording and i had to
1: it's just it's very overused yes um i knew what you were doing and i was just choosing to ignore it (laughs) i know you were uh before we do talk about that though i have a couple of dragon questy things that i want to say right number one is that as i mentioned a couple of uh episodes back uh been working on a new dragon quest book for some time now but it's gotten to that stage where I'm opening it back up for other people to get the, to share their stories um, if you want to be included in the new Dragon Quest book. Huge shout out to everyone that sent stuff in already. Uh, I've been trying to at least reply in an email to say thanks or something to all of you, but if I have not, I'm very sorry. Uh, there's just a lot of them coming through, especially right now because we're in the final week, which is what I wanted to say, which is just that like June 30th, which is... I think when this episode goes live, um, it's kind of the the cutoff date there for submitting anything, um, because I'm going to be really digging into it in July. So if you would like to get your story in the next Dragon Quest book, or you're just interested in just sharing your story, uh, then you can send that along to me. Uh, the email that is set up to take all that stuff in is dragonquestaustin at gmail.com, which is easy enough to remember and if you want a bunch of details and specifics you can just head over to dragonquestaustin.com and it should be the top post there
0: yeah that sounds really awesome yeah i look forward to reading this uh reading this book
1: just wanted to get uh all of that out of the way and then also wanted to give a shout out to liam but liam sent us like a super nice message about this podcast and i felt really bad because neither one of us uh, noticed it in dms were really bad about checking the dms for dragon quest fm and neither one of us noticed it for like two months and it was just like super nice and i know i responded already now but just shout out to liam and thank you for your nice words there we really did appreciate it and i'm sorry that we overlooked the dm
0: yeah i'm i'm very bad about uh, logging into different twitter accounts and seeing uh, messages even if i get a notification so i apologize
1: yeah, I don't even get I don't out have it set up where I get email notifications or anything to to DQFM or my personal one. So I just see stuff if I log in. And yep. uh anyway, yeah, I'm I'm bad about checking. Uh so yeah, so Dragon Quest. Nope, not Dragon Quest 16. I'm <laughs> old old habits. What are you gonna do? Dude, Dragon Quest 16 just came out. Yes, I'm fell into a wormhole. I am now eighty-four years old. Dragon Quest 16 has come out. For the PlayStation 7, 8, 9. For like the PlayStation 8, probably.
0: Probably, yeah, maybe.
1: The PlayStation 9 is out. I am 84 years old. BJ is dead. <laughs> <Aww>. wah, wah. <laughs> and and I'm here to talk about, about Dragon Quest 16. No, um Final Fantasy 16. So you love this game.
0: Yes, I absolutely love this game, and I was 100% not excited and considered canceling my pre-order uh before the demo came out. Uh I was absolutely uh angry that they had chosen to go the uh super action combat route and uh ultra dark uh game of Thrones style uh gra- not not even graphics the uh the the tone that they were going with it and it just didn't look like a final fantasy game to me that I wanted to play. And uh, so the demo came out and I gave it a shot and I've really fallen in love with this game.
1: Yeah. Cool. I guess I should say there's probably going to be spoilers in this episode for probably the first third of the game.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm about halfway through it uh, myself.
1: Yeah. So I would say um, if you don't want final fantasy 16 spoilers, this is going to be dealing with roughly the first like 30. Yeah. Game. Uh, today and just the initial first parts so if you don't want that definitely do not listen to this episode yet come back to it in like yeah a month or when i'm 84 years old (laughs) yeah And, and listen to it when i'm 84 i've been enjoying it as well final fantasy has been hit or miss for me lately mostly miss and so i was interested in playing this one because of how much i love final fantasy 14 and i do really like this game the action thing wasn't too much of a of a hit for me because i've just felt like final fantasy has been an action rpg series for a long time now and there's games like scarlet nexus that's right i'm using yep. this as an excuse to talk about scarlet nexus yep. again. <laughs> which i'm also doing an episode of that on jrpgs and me but anyway uh, everybody go play scarlet nexus but uh like scarlet nexus combat is very very similar to ff 16s and so i just I, I don't know like that wasn't just a huge thing for me. I was a little disappointed about not getting party members, but the game really does give you party members in addition. To yeah, orgel you get, we you love. get
0: people all the all the time. You're you have at least three people in your party, including your dog, which is probably my favorite thing in the entire game. The dog. Uh, dog being in your party because I've said before that if Sandy from Dragon Quest Eleven had been available <laughs> as your party member for the entire game that Sandy would have never left my party and like in uh, Tales of Vesperia you have I can't remember the dog's name there um, repeat uh, I have a statue
1: of him on my desk like he's
0: awesome and so yeah. he's in my party all the time and so this time when you get Torgal and he's in your party the whole time I'm just like well this is just great i got the achievement for petting my dog just because i pet my dog all the time and it's, it's just like great like that is one of my favorite things about the game is uh having him uh just in my party just always be there he's such a good boy
1: yeah i, I like that too the, the the dog stuff is fun and the fact that it does give you party members pretty much very rarely if you haven't played this game and you're listening to the episode anyway very rarely is clive the main character by himself. Um, So, uh, so that kind of qualm I had about no party members has been fixed. And honestly, it's kind of like, I always say I love dragon quest one because it's just like one person to worry about. Yeah. That I just run through in DQ one. And I only have to worry about getting gear up for this one character. I only have to worry about keeping this one character alive. And that that's something that I really appreciate about dragon quest one. That's actually something I really appreciate. In uh, Final Fantasy sixteen as well. Like, I wasn't sure how how I would like that, but it seems it's, it's pretty chill and it doesn't feel too weird. And maybe it's because I just came off of playing Crisis Core Reunion where you're just playing as Zach and you don't even yeah. have like a dog or like guest party members, at least in, as far as I got in it. But, um, and maybe it's because of that, but like, it really did not feel too weird for me um, just focusing on, on Clive in this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, it didn't, hasn't bothered me at all. Like it's, it's been great. Um, only having a few slots of inventory to really worry about the, the gear matters, but it's a pretty steady increase of you looting things and crafting things. I've, I've not had any problem with the, the party dynamics at all. Like they're, actually very useful as well that i uh bouncing around you'll see them pull aggro off of you and taking care of some of the ads in boss fights it's i'm really really liking the way that it does i wish that i could pop between them i would love to be able to to take control over jill and play with shiva and the ice uh stuff like that uh way earlier than uh you can get it in the, the game, still don't have ice and uh and it's just one of those things where I'd like if there were one thing I could I would change about it, I would let you bounce between the party members even if you couldn't customize them.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. I like the combat pretty well. My only real thing with the combat is it's very easy and I do not consider myself like good at video games. <laughs> yeah. Like like really, like I'm not I'm not one of those like get good kind of people or anything. Right. But I have been playing this one on uh, action mode. So it's like the hardest game mode that you get, at least initially. Right, And I haven't been, I used, I tried out whenever we were playing the demo, I tried using the timely accessories that they give you that can do stuff like perfect dodge or like right. later in the game, it can like help you control Torgal, you can just equip different ones. I think they give you like four or five to choose from, but you can only equip three of them.
0: Yeah, I think I think so, yeah. I can't remember how many there are. Th- I'm thinking four, but there might be a fifth one thrown in there.
1: And anyway, I, I quit using those pretty early on because once you get into like the main game past the demo, yeah. you start getting like good accessories and there are things mm-hmm. that i wanted to use instead so i haven't been using that and i'm in active mode and i yep. just have i've found the combat very easy and i don't know like I, and i'm kind of on the fence about it because on one hand i don't know that i necessarily would want the combat to be harder like it's a good it's a, like it's a good difficulty for me but also i'm not above like slipping something into easy mode so that i can enjoy it right. more. Same. so like it is weird that this is like the standard mode because it does feel very easy. And like I, you know, messaged you the other day because I got a trophy for taking no damage in a boss fight.
0: Yeah. And like I wasn't even trying. I wasn't yeah. even
1: trying for it. I was like a trophy popped and I was like, what's this?
0: <laughs> and, I don't understand how you did it. Like I'm and I am really bad at dodging, though. Like I'm very, very bad at dodging and parrying. Uh, it's why one, one of the things I'm I don't play Dark Souls games because of it. Like it's just something that I've never been able to really get a grasp on in games.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's between between Tales of Arise, which dodging was important in that game, and then also in uh, what was the other game that there was some other Earl game Nexus? I played. Recently, Scarlet Nexus did too, but yeah, there's some game I mean, played recently. Uh,
0: Crisis Core had some dodging in it where I had to get better at dodging, but but it
1: wasn't like like in this one, like an FF16, like you get like uh, like it hits the it drops the stagger bar lower and stuff if yeah. you get precision dodge precision, precision counters, yeah, going. And so I think I just like took the time to learn that early on when I was playing the demo, and it just it's felt natural, and I've been used to having to get dodges like that in games as a mechanic nowadays, um, because of playing a lot of these action RPGs recently, like Tales of Horizon, Scarlet Nexus. And so I, I don't know. I found the combat to be easy, but I don't, I don't know that I want it to be harder. And I know that after you beat it, you unlock Final Fantasy mode, which is like a harder, hard mode. And I've heard that it's actually very difficult, that it is a hard mode. Yeah. And so I, once I beat the game, I think I'm going to, I don't know if I'll play the whole game in Final Fantasy mode, if it is like super hard, but I'm going to at least check it out and just see. Cause it does like everything will roll over uh, from new game plus that I can tell that, that like right. five gets, so you will have like a head start uh, with new game plus, but I'm, I'm interested in at least checking that out, but I do. I like the combat. The party stuff was fine just for the demo though, like addressing some of the issues we had with the demo. Uh, one of the big ones was we talked about that the cursing didn't feel natural. Right. And I, I personally feel like it gets evened out after it
0: does. After yeah. that. That's what I was gonna say. Okay. That it, cool. Once once it once it established that tone, it kind of uh laid off of of the language that it was using. And it, it's not been nearly as often later in the game.
1: Yeah, it's still it's still often enough that I've been playing uh when if I ever get a chance to play when my kids are around, I usually play with headphones on. I, I still am hesitant about playing it with them sometimes just because you get blindsided with like violence or like partial nudity and things like that. Yeah and so it's just like I get it, it's an M rated game. So I mostly play it after they go to bed just because the kids are very much used, especially Naomi, my oldest, are very used to playing games with me. Right. And Um, I can't remember if I said it on here just talking with you in general like Naomi especially like she was a newborn baby sitting in the room with me while I was playing uh, Dragon Quest Heroes the first Dragon Quest Heroes Uh game and like Pokemon I think it was Alpha Sapphire whatever that Pokemon game was that was out at the time I was playing that like on my DS and Final Fantasy 15 came out not long after that Lego Force Awakens like there's a lot of games she just has grown up watching me play games and this is really the first one that i've been like i don't know if you should like be absorbing all of this (laughs) yeah this one and so i haven't like uh so i've been a little more hesitant with uh, with when i play it that being said though playing it with my headphones on like this game sounds so good like i don't know i feel like i don't pick up on it when it's on the tv but just having the headphones on like this game is super impressive with its sound.
0: Really, I've never played it with headphones on; it's just on the TV.
1: The music is wonderful. Like I really appreciate the the different. Like I don't know if you've. I know you're not a music person, but like no. th- there's several there's several repeating songs in the game that use the the crystal theme. Um, yeah, it, there it's are. It's like sped up or or playing in the background, and there's also the uh, like Final Fantasy. It's become a Final Fantasy 14 theme, like battle music that they've reused a little bit um, in this one. And there's just, I'm picking up on different things from older Final Fantasy games. That's been really nice to hear with the music, but then like the sound is impressive. Like you go through uh, like the first hideout when you're walking around mm-hmm. through there and you can hear like the leather of Clive's armor rubbing against the leather of his armor as he's walking. Mm-hmm. If you slow down to just like slow walk and you can hear like his, his armor, and like the the rings of chainmail, like like clinking oh, wow. together. And yeah,
0: that's that's not something I'm able to to tell. I actually keep don't keep it very loud because I'm usually playing in the morning, uh, and I don't want to disturb anybody else. Or play it, uh,
1: play it you know. with headphones just just for the experience. And like you yeah. go you go down into like in the first hideaway if you go down to where the cells are because you're going down like underground. Like there's like this like you can hear like the openness it really does sound like you're in the cave and you can hear like the air around you and everything and just when i was playing it with cuz i don't usually play games with headphones on either um but I, I do on occasion and anyway this one the whole time i was just like wow this like just sounds good <laughs> like i really like the way yeah. this game sounds and that kind of attention to detail and um, just the music, everything about it. Like I really like the sound of Final Fantasy 16, which sounds like a weird thing to go off on about how good like a game sounds, but it really does. It sounds good. And I've been like out of anything, I think that's what I've been most impressed with is just like sitting there with the headphones on and be like, hmm, just some good sounding game right here. And <laughs>
0: I, I mean, I, I usually don't pay that much attention to to music and and score and things like that. But I actually found myself looking up who was the composer for this one. Uh, and, uh, my, the name is, is leaving me, but it's the same composer as Final Fantasy 14, uh, who's done the, it and the expansions. And so it's like, I know that game has fantastic music and sound. And so it was really, really uh, nice to know that this one was done as well. And like you said, there's the crystal motif all through it uh, in different places. And it just made me really happy. Like when they walk into one of the, the Mother Crystal shrines, into the Sanctum, and it just starts playing the, uh, the prelude. And I'm just like, oh, that's nice. Like that's, this is this is comforting and uh i've i've very much enjoyed the uh the sound in this one i didn't think i would but i've liked the music and everything that uh that they've done and that's not usually and maybe it's because i went to distant worlds earlier this year that uh that i'm a little more tuned in to the the music of final fantasy but this one i specifically noticed the music more so than the sound effects
1: yeah the music's really good it's uh Masayoshi Soken is who does the the composer who uh, worked with uh, Nobuo Yamatsu to do the soundtrack for FF14 and has basically just taken over, like handling all of the FF14 soundtrack now. Um, But yeah, it it just, it sounds really good and it looks good. You know, like the, I like the character designs. I like everything that's in it. Um, I this was not brought up in the demo because we hadn't gotten to that part yet. I think the only part that I'm kind of like "Eh," on overall with the whole game right now is that so far side content, which I, I love video games with good side content and the side content in FF 16 just doesn't feel like it's there yet. And especially related to side quests, a lot of the side quests feel very much like, um, there's a lot of FF 14 influences in this game and it's very obvious. And a lot of the side quests, in FF16 feel like those in FF14, where it's like you talk to an NPC <laughs> yep. and they're like, hey, go, you know, serve these dishes to my customers. And you run around and hand them off.
0: Uh-huh. And,
1: or it's like, hey, go to this area that you can just teleport to real fast. And it's like, pick up this letter and bring it back to me. Yep. And it and it and in MMOs, that's common. And I don't want to say it works in MMOs because I don't necessarily like doing that in MMOs either. It just feels like busy work, but... Like in an MMO, it makes a little bit more sense because of how massive it is. It's like you you do put in these things that are just kind of filler, but in FF16, it feels even more. Just like um, there's like some really big moments that can be happening in the story, and then it's like I'm going to go serve some food to these patrons at the at the bar, and I, I don't know. Like the I've been a little underwhelmed um, with the side content so far, and I know I know a lot about the game um because of my day job and needing to know things so i know a lot of spoilers i know a lot of the mechanics already and i know that there is some things related to crafting and of course there's all the hunts that you get from the hunt board um that uh, that you know are side content but i just i don't know like what i really want i think what i want more than anything in this one is more uh collectibles and i know this game has some of those but the kind of side content I love in video games are like in Dragon Quest XI S, um, looking for the talkles, right? That's really fun, those talkles. In Tales of Arise, you had uh, owls to find that were in these areas, and I loved it. In Star Ocean, the Divine Force, you have little bunnies uh, that are just like the owls in Tales of Arise Mm -hmm. that you go around and have to find. And I love that. Like, give me something little like that where i can go around and collect them and there's like a reward for finding them all like that's really what i want and i wish that there was more stuff like that in this game and i'm
0: i'm not the biggest fan of side content I like games that uh, have end game content more than side content. And it does get a little bit better with the side content a little further in. And I've heard that once you get to the second half of the game, that the side content starts to get a lot more interesting. And I don't know why or how that's just, uh, I, I've actually, I've just seen that in particular uh, said uh, by numerous people and, I do like how some of the side quests uh leading up are they're not directly related to the main story like you said you're serving food sometimes or you're going to get this wood on the other side of the hideout or something like that but you there are some of them that directly affect the systems that you have the abilities uh that you have. I don't want to spoil anything for you in case you uh, haven't gotten there. Uh,
1: I, I know, I know all the spoilers, but I would just, I'm just trying not to spoil too much for people listening well, since I'm just trying to well, cover I, the first. I won't I won't
0: spoil uh this. W- I'll say it like where it's not a spoiler uh of, of any kind whatsoever, but you do get a mount at one point through a side quest. And so it makes you and I having the problem of Clive not being able to have a run button, uh, it eases that out in the world once you're able to uh to get a mount that you can call. Yeah. And uh I knew- so,
1: I knew that just from the trophy list, but... <laughs> oh, okay. Because there's a trophy you get the first time you ride him. Um, Her, whatever the amount is. I can't remember the gender. But anyway, yeah, that... Okay, so I want to talk about that for a second. So that does irk me too, is that Clive... I want him to run faster in towns mostly, like the hideaway yeah. whenever you're running around between places. I know, I'm just like, like let me dash. Let there's, me dash no, there's no dedicated sprint button, and it's really uh-huh. irritating. And even in, like, the more open areas when it's automatic and he starts running really fast. Uh If you bring up the menu, if you bring up the map, and there's no map shown on the screen, so I don't know about you, but I bring up the map pretty frequently.
0: Uh Uh-huh, yeah.
1: And you bring up the map or, like, anything that breaks it. You pick up an item, open a chest, then it resets to him walking slowly again, and you have to ease back into him dashing. Mm -hmm. And not a fan of that. I just want him to run. But I guess if the alternative is like FF7 remake where cloud just feels super slow all the time. Right. Like I, I would take this over that, but But I, but crisis
0: core spoiled me where you can dash wherever you want that. There's a speed up button for Zach where you can run. Yeah. Or just
1: pretty much like 90% of all modern video games. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, dragon quest 11, Scarlet Nexus, tales of Arise, crisis core, pretty much any game we've been talking about. Trinity trigger, any game we've talked about on the podcast this year pretty much lets you sprint. And yeah, I don't know. I like, I wish that there was just like R2 or like pressing down on Mm -hmm. the, on the L three button.
0: Yep, like, I don't we'll know why that interface. one does not make you sprint. Uh, like they, the, I, I was reading, I I downloaded the Final Fantasy IV pixel remaster on Switch. And so I was reading a little bit about it. And I saw that one of the things that they actually changed was that in the original PC releases, you didn't have the pixel font that you could change to. Yeah, And so that was an addition that they w- listened to the complaints and actually changed it where they didn't have just the I... really terrible modern fonts.
1: I literally told you that in Discord and in the episode we did back about Final Fantasy Five Pixel Remaster. I knew that you told me it was there, <laughs> but I didn't know that it was something that they added in I've after told feedback. You. I've told you. Well,
0: well, I didn't remember that, and so I found out that it was because of feedback uh, that wasn't from you. And uh, I'm hoping that they get enough feedback for uh, 16 that they offer just a small patch to this one where Clive can run. It's like, please give me a run button.
1: I'm going to send you my luminary talking to the wall. image. I, I know you told <laughs> me it was there. I don't
0: remember you saying that it was, uh, was because people complained about it.
1: Yeah. That was like their whole official thing on it. Yeah but, yeah. but yeah, but anyway. uh
0: But yeah. And I, you know, you can run on that one. I said it and it's like, you can run in final fantasy four, but not 16.
1: Yeah. Cause in the pixel remasters, you can actually set it to just be run all the time. All the time. Like hold down yep. the circle button or whatever. Yeah. Super it.
0: Nice. Yeah, can't do that in sixteen.
1: It is nice. I also want to talk about because in the in our demo episode that we did a few weeks back, and initially when the demo was new and as the game launched, lots of people were making Game of Thrones jokes, including you right. and I. But and and during the demo, I said I think it like owes more to like the Tactics Ogre games and like Matsuno's mm. whole like evilly stuff than Game of Thrones, and. Uh, I feel that even more now. Like it feels way less game of Thronesy after the demo yep. and especially after the first like, I don't know, quarter of the game. But it still does feel very much to me like Yoshi P wanted to make an East game and Yoshi P loves East. I mean, he said he loves East, and they've even yeah. brought that into FF14. It feels like he wanted to make an East game, but maybe didn't have permission to set this in East, So he made up his own world, but in, for like all intents and purposes, it feels like an East game to me.
0: It really does. Like, okay, so you're going to make fun of me for this, but it makes me want to actually force my way through Final Fantasy 12.
1: It makes me I want to play Final Fantasy XII too. Like as but, I've been playing FF16, I'm like, "Mm, I need to go play FF12 again." And I literally just played it maybe earlier this year or late last year. I mean, I just played it very recently again.
0: And maybe it's because of the hunt board. Maybe it's because you don't. Maybe it's because you don't have anything as complex as the license board or anything like that in this one. But man, oh man, it's made me want to uh, pull out twelve and give it a real shot. Uh, where I got really frustrated with it before uh, because of the combat. I hate the combat system. It's uh, the
1: it's the world building. It's the fact that Clive yeah. is basically just Bosch. He even sounds like Bosch. And if you... Bosh,
0: that was his name. I was trying to talk to uh, uh, Fallon about it, and all I could think of was Balthier. It's Bosh, that was his name. If you yeah. kept
1: up with ff 12 development at all... It Bosch was supposed was to be
0: Bosh as the main character. Bosh
1: was the main character, and then they decided, no, since these games are for teenagers, it's got to be a teenager, and that's why we got stuck with Vaughn and his Meg Ryan hair. And instead, <laughs> and instead they... Like this feels like like repercussions or uh, reparations for <laughs> having for for not having Bosch be the protagonist in FF12. Where Clive, a lot of his story beats, he even sounds like Bosch, and just it, a lot of times when I've been playing FF16, I'm like, oh, this is what Final Fantasy 12 would have felt like if they had actually let Bosch be the main character.
0: I was thinking uh, things along the same line because you have even. Um... Later on in the in the story past, I think where you are, uh, you get a character who basically gives you political updates. Where if you don't follow what's going on with all of the national uh, attacks and maneuvering and intrigue, there's a character who has uh, pers- basically uh, the circle network circles, uh, like you see on Twitter, that center on Clive and, and kind of uh, spiderweb out as well as tactical maps of what each country is doing and explains all of the uh the kind of minutiae that that's said between the lines and that for some reason i don't even know if that kind of thing is in 12 but for some reason it reminds me of the cutscenes of the narrator explaining stuff uh in, in, in 12 in 12, in 12. it
1: shows like the maps and it shows yeah. moving pieces it shows like the puns moving across the map exactly like yeah that. that's the yeah. kind
0: of thing that she does uh that vivian does and it's really awesome it's one of my favorite parts and i don't like the battle system in 12 i can't express that enough but it's made me want to play 12 so much
1: yeah and I, so i, I um, like the battle system in 12 i'm convinced that people who don't like the battle system in 12 just are playing it wrong <laughs> I I
0: don't like the gambit system. I don't want to have to do that. I want to just straight up give the AI commands and be like, hey, do this. And and actually be able to, if I'm going to have action combat, I want it to be action combat and not have to wait on the auto timer for auto attack.
1: Like the ATV? Yeah, yeah, the ATV
0: it frustrates me. Like I don't, I understand it at base. I understand how to use it, but it's one where it needs to either be turn-based combat or action combat. And it's in a weird hybrid that does not work for me. Um, But I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go back to 12 after this and uh, give it a shot because the world building in 16 really makes me want that kind of Final Fantasy. Um, It's honestly made me want to do more of the Evilly side quest in 14, to be honest. Uh, Go back and uh, see some of that stuff. I didn't see all of it uh, when I was playing last.
1: The Evilly stuff is fun, but a lot of the I mean, a lot of the raids in fourteen for East are based on twelve, but then a lot of the characters that you're interacting with, more like in the main city and stuff, are actually from FF Tactics. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a fun way to interact with characters from from both of those games. Right. Um, That's neat. I I think for me, it's like FF-16 feels like FF-12, reminds me a lot of it, but also they reuse a lot of stuff from FF-14. There's a lot of assets Mm -hmm. that have just been you know upped to make look prettier <laughs> yep. that are from ff14 but there's stuff like you know finding the orchestration roles and having your little jukebox yeah and even what gets me though are like the telegraphs like even in the ifrit fight like the telegraphs for the <laughs> yeah, ifrit fight are the telegraphs are. for the ifrit fight in ff14 it's like they I, borrowed so much from how was 14. i was doing the first ifrit
0: fight i was doing the first fight against ifrit in uh in there and uh I just started laughing and uh, was like, this is just the fight from 14. Yoshi P just wanted to put in the same fight. I was like, I've done this a hundred (laughs) times. It was just dodging out of the way of the ignition charge and everything. It was.
1: The uh, Garuda fight, or I guess technically like Benedicta um, more so before she goes full full. Yeah, with Separna
0: and Charada.
1: Well, that, but also it's divided up, but that, and then also when you're fighting her initially up at the top of that tower and Uh she's sending like the twisters around and stuff at you like that's just straight up from ff14 you just don't have
0: the the pillars to hide behind
1: yeah and like i've been a little honestly a little disappointed that so much that it's borrowed so heavily from ff14 like it's cool if you haven't played ff14 this is like a single player ff14 in a lot of ways and like i have been a little disappointed and some of the time I'm like, oh okay, that's why the production of FF16 didn't take forever the way some Final Fantasy mm. games have. It's because they just borrowed so heavily from 14 but it does make some of the like especially the fights for me like the the originality of a lot of the fights I feel like are missing in this one because I'm just like, oh yep this is this is FF14 the, okay the
0: texture I, I'll spoil one thing not not even spoil it's obvious that it's coming at some point uh when you're fighting uh the titan uh there's a titan fight where uh where hugo is semi-primed
1: that semi-primed kind of life
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that baby Uh, baby the uh, the the textures and stuff so you have to dodge out of the way look exactly like the Titan fight in in fourteen, and it's uh, there. Th- there are a lot of similarities in the trials and uh, elemental stuff and summons, but I still I like the story in sixteen better than the one I do in uh, fourteen because fourteens feels like it went off the rails, uh, especially every time you get to a post game patch, that the story just drags for me.
1: The story is a hundred percent the reason I'm playing FF16, and a hundred percent the reason good. I like it. It's that the story's compelling. I like the characters, and there's always enough story going that I'm I'm intrigued enough to keep playing it. And I've not gone I've not gone full like ham into this game the way that you have. Like I'm like I I had the game like a week before you, and I played it a little bit over the weekend and I mean you've like you're like doubled past where I where I am at this point.
0: I don't have kids to have to watch out for is one thing that uh, that I have no I don't have to worry about when I play it and then because we only have one tv I don't play it a lot at night so uh, over the weekend when I basically had Jennifer was out doing other stuff uh, and I just basically binged it uh, over the weekend instead of doing anything else Uh, but that's pretty much why I do it for about an hour, uh, before work in the morning, uh, right now, uh, maybe an hour after work, but this weekend is where I got a lot of it, a lot of it in, and I'm glad I'm only about halfway through as well. Like the PS, uh, PS5 tells you what percent you are through the, the main scenario in a game, uh, which I absolutely don't like like I wish that was something like I was able to not know that I was over halfway through, but I also am glad to know that I have a lot more of this game ahead of me that I'm able to, that there's a lot of of stuff that I haven't seen. Yeah, and um, there are a couple of things I'm really wanting to happen that I know you know whether it happens, and I don't want to (laughs) ask. But but I'm really I'm really curious about a couple of things, and uh, I'm excited. I'm actually excited to see what happens, whether uh, no matter if I think I'm right or not. Like it's not so much even cliche stuff. I just want to see if particular things occur, which I may or may not happen.
1: Yeah, I. I don't know. It's hard for me to gauge because before, before I started playing this game, I didn't know any spoilers. And then I knew most of the spoilers for the entire game by the time, like before launch, at least because of, you know, my work and needing to know these things, covering them and just, and doing everything. I got code early. Like there was just a lot of factors that went into it. And so, like I made a joke with you about how I was gonna tell you everyone <laughs> who died in the game if you made me yeah. angry, but it's hard for me to gauge because I feel like as I'm playing it that none of the none of the big twists I've seen so far, big reveals feel all that big. Where I'm just kind of like they happen, right. and I'm kind of like, yeah, bro, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's that's what's happening. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Yep. And like, and none of them have been all that surprising. Um, Like, you know, in the demo, when we were joking around about how obvious it was that Clive's dad was going to get his head hacked off. because you know, he's a nice guy. He's your dad. He even looks like Sean Bean. Like, it's just it's bound to happen. And um, like, that's how I feel about a lot of the quote unquote twists in FF16 so far. But um, but it is kind of hard to gauge because it's like I I do know a lot of information. And so I'm kind of looking at it through a certain lens but I have not found any that just seemed like overwhelmingly like, like mind blowing. Like what? You I know, can't believe and, like, didn't see that coming.
0: And this is a spoiler. So the next little bit that I'm talking about y'all. So tune out fast forward just a little bit, but this is going to be a spoiler. Um, so I knew from the beginning and you and I have talked about this, that you weren't like that. The player wasn't supposed to know that Ifrit, uh, it, if was, clive as a dominant that he had the power of a free that he was summoning him but i swear in the early launch stuff like way when they first announced it was that you use the power of a free and summon him, blah 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 to help uh help clive blah bitty, blah bitty, blah through all the stuff and it's like this isn't a, a reveal it's like they made it out through the demo and everything like it was this big mystery of this mystery man who who came and killed his brother and even during the the fight, i'm like you're he, he shows clive through the eyes of ifrit uh being like no no stop and i'm like dude you killed your brother and then i'm like yeah his brother's not dead his brother's the hooded guy that he keeps seeing and it's like lo and behold he is and i'm like yeah this is like fantasy 101 it was like yeah i know you're treating it very seriously because the game treats itself very seriously but i'm like you could have done better than this i mean he's the phoenix for goodness sake like you could have him do more than just show up in a hood
1: like duh he's coming back he's the phoenix yeah i know yeah
0: (laughs) i mean it's like you could do you could do more with that
1: i was also shocked about the ifrit thing because i also thought it was one of those things that like everybody's known about and and like Screen rant, other sites that I've read, like just p- coverage before this game, like from a year ago, two years ago, or whatever, was just treating it like, yeah, Clive is Ifrit's dominant. It seemed like that was something yeah. that was just like very obvious and that, uh, and it wasn't like new information. And then whenever uh, SE sent like the, okay, these are not the topics you can, this is not like you cannot say the following things before lunch um, right. list, like that was on there. And I was really shocked by it because I was like, what do you mean? I can't mention that that <laughs> Clive that Clive is Ifrit. Like that's something that I feel like was revealed, like when the first teaser trailer came out. Like, yeah, what that's what I was about?
0: thinking. I was like, doesn't it show Clive summoning Ifrit in the first? I need to go back and look at the very first announcement trailer.
1: It does not because... explicitly show like Clive, you know, turning into Ifrit or anything like he's Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk or anything like that. No, but it's very obvious. Still, it's I, I don't know. I was
0: like. I- I've been working under the impression since I saw this game, since the very first time they showed it, that the main character was going to be the one connected to Ifrit. And, and I didn't know, you know, the whole dominant situation, like how the story played into the world building. But it's like, I knew that those two were connected from the moment I saw this game. And so it felt like, why, why, are, you, why, why are you so tore up about this, Clive? It's you, bud you buddy go to therapy you'll find this out (laughs) it's like maybe it's maybe it's repressed but uh, you beat your brother to death it's like it's i'm sorry i would hate to have that happen but
1: yeah but at least he
0: felt when he found out like i will say like when he found out it wasn't a oh well it was me i guess i could go ahead like he was like i'm a worthless piece of human garbage and ought to die it was like, he's like, I can't believe I didn't know this kind of thing as opposed to being just okay with it. Like so many fantasy uh, protagonists tend to be once they get this major revelation. But uh, for the player, I don't think it was a revelation at all. And if y'all were playing this and it was a revelation to you, let me know because this is something that maybe it's just inferring from narrative for, I don't know, but I want to know if this was something that caught other people off guard.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, I mean, and, and I do like Joshua. Like when they, when Joshua was a character and uh, he he comes in on the scene, like I like him and I want to see more of him. I don't think that, they, I hope the second half of the game actually has more of him in it. Yeah. Uh, once he had his whole Phoenix rebirth thing, uh, it was uh, really interesting and I want to uh, know what's going on and it's only in little snippets. From I'm going to tell I
1: you, I'm going to spoil it right now. I'm going no. tell you and everybody listen. I'm not, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I I'm glad you're enjoying the game. I'm glad I'm enjoying the game. Um, I am too because I, I know that
0: I, I feel like it was something for you where it was just kind of the same. It was like uh, I'm gonna play it, but uh... it
1: was okay. I know we're about to run out of time, but it for me it really was disappointing because I had played Trinity Trigger, which I was really excited for, and then. It was. I had fun with Trinity Trigger, but it still didn't. It never got as good as I wanted it to be. Right. And then played Tears of the Kingdom, which I had fun with. Beat it and all that, but it just felt so much like Breath of the Wild that I didn't have as much fun mm. with it as I wanted to. I reviewed Lord of the Rings Gollum, which anybody who <laughs> looked <with them>, <laughs> knows how terrible uh. Lord of the Rings Gollum was. And so, uh. and so, I needed a win. I needed to get a game that I that I could enjoy and Final Fantasy 16 has been a nice reprieve. Cause I feel like it, I feel like I expected not to like this one. And then I did, yeah. which is always much better than getting a game that you want to love and just not enjoying it at all.
0: This game is the opposite of kingdom hearts three. that that I was so looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3. And I think it was the last game that I can remember like that I was just all in on waiting for and like so excited for it to come in and play it. And then it was, I enjoyed it, but it was still a disappointment compared once you step back from it. And I'm the opposite on this, where I was like, until the demo came out, I was not excited for this game. And it's been a refreshing kind of, Of game that's made me want to play other games which you know you I've mentioned to you before and everybody on the podcast knows I I went through a long period of time where I was just like unable to get interested in any game for more than just a few minutes and so I'm I'm glad that this one is doing that and was good enough to make me do it and I told Fallon the other day uh she was sitting there watching me play this after uh no I think actually she was uh playing Final Fantasy 10 and I was watching her and I was just like you know the combat uh is intuitive enough that i think i kind of want to play devil may cry 5 after this like i want to try it i've never played it and it looked complicated uh but it's like you know this one's actually just fun enough for the combat to make me want to see uh what actually the dmc games are like and uh because i've never played one more than i've played like the very very beginning of like maybe number one or something like that but i've never like, played much of one
1: yeah so i'm
0: excited i'm I'm interested to see because i think it's on playstation plus dmc5 is and so or yeah and so i want to give it a shot just to see but yeah i'm I'm very much enjoying this one i don't know when i'll have it beat but i don't think i'm gonna platinum it uh because of a number of reasons but beating it on Final Fantasy mode is required. Having to not take damage during a boss fight, having to uh, do all of the air combo kind of things, use all the abilities uh, in very specific ways is a little frustrating, uh, but it won't be that bad to get, but it's just things you have to specifically do. Uh, But I doubt I'll I'll platinum it, but I'm glad that uh, I'm having fun getting the ones that I do get.
1: Yeah, cool. Anyway, I think that does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can hit us up at Dragon Quest FM on Twitter. You can also support this podcast by going to Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM, and you can talk to me personally on Twitter at DragonQuaston. Uh, my other podcast, JRPGs and Me, starts its new season on July 1st, and then episodes every Monday after that. So uh, just a couple of days from this one airing, you can hear me talk about other video games.
0: And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. I am on Discord. You can find it at discordgeek And like you said, you can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and uh, support us. Thanks.
1: Bye. Bye, everybody.